Hello and welcome to the Me and My Golf podcast. We're your hosts and PGA golf coaches, Piers Ward and Andy Prabhu. Each week we're going to share with you our 20 plus years of coaching experience to bring you top tips, the latest information and trends, along with some of the world's best in the golf industry to help you play the best golf of your life. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to it and help you take charge of your game. So Bo, thank you so much for joining us. 2018, pretty decent year. 46th on the FedEx Cup, five top 10 finishes, second in the Shell Houston Open in a playoff. That was obviously exciting. And T2 at the Travelers. So pretty good year, would you say? Thanks. There was, there was certainly some really good stuff sprinkled in there. I uh, would have liked to be a little bit more consistent, but I think we have a really good idea what, what we need to accomplish this offseason and make 19 even better. Awesome, awesome. I think, um, I mean, we, we saw you were just sort of chatting before we went on air there. It's two years since we last saw you, and I think you're just, you're pretty rec- just recovering from the injury. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to talk really about, I suppose, the success that you're having at the moment, but really I think it's great to talk about and give our, our listeners an insight to, to what it takes to get to where you are, what it takes to get to the PGA Tour, some of mm-hmm. the sacrifices that you've had to make and the hard work you've put in over the years. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about sort of your your golf growing up and your junior game. How did it get started and, and, and sort of what, what what got you into the game, really? Yeah, so um, I grew up playing a lot of sports. The only good, the one that only one that I was good at was baseball. I was really good at baseball. Um, I think just hand-eye coordination. Um, you know, I grew up playing baseball from the time I was you know, six years old, and then started playing golf when I was probably eight or nine or ten, maybe. Yeah. Um, kind of recreationally with my dad and his friends. Um, you know, a lot of my family plays not not at a high level, but they play for fun, and uh, I would play with them. And then I kind of got the golf bug, as I'm sure every guy on tour did at some point. So um, it kind of came down to whether I was going to play golf or baseball. And you know, you get to that impressionable age at like. 11 or 12 years old and it's tough to do both because if you're going to be really good at one of them it's you can't have conflicting swings and baseball and golf are as similar as sometimes they look they're really not so no, no, no. they're very good in terms of the coordination side of things but the yeah. techniques obviously very different exactly and would you say that um because of baseball did you pick up golf quite easy was it was it more of a well, I'm pretty good at this a realization mm-hmm. and then you thought actually there's something in this or was it was it, was it hard or how, how was it for you yeah it was uh, it was it was easy I mean Relative, obviously, <laughs> relatively easy. I was never. I, I made pretty good contact from the first time I played. Yeah. Um, and I think that makes it a little more fun than when you're, when you're shanking it and yeah, topping yeah. it and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I was good from an early age. I think I have a lot of good hand-eye coordination, good talent in that regard. So that made it a lot easier. And then, the thing I liked about it was just, it was all on me. I didn't have to rely on some other guy hitting or anyone fielding in the outfield or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So. I knew that, you know, the the pressure was squarely on my shoulders. The expectation was squarely on my shoulders, and I didn't have to fulfill anything for anybody else. I just needed yeah. to go do what I thought was right and, and live with the result. So, just just out of curiosity, what were you? What was your specialist in, as in baseball? Were you a hitter? Were you a pitcher? Were you I was a... good. I was a really good hitter. Yeah. And I I was also a good pitcher. Yeah. Um, obviously, this at a young age, but I hit really well. I just. Some about it was was really fun. So I miss it sometimes. Yeah, you know, I, can I picked up a bat. I, can, I picked up a bat <laughs> a couple of years ago, and I was pretty excited to just hit some wiffle balls. But um, yeah. like I said, they're to- totally two different actions. My my baseball swing is nowhere near how good it used to be when I was 11 years old. <laughs> You're critiquing it now. Yeah, exactly. So obviously, I mean, that brings us on to a, a great question, really. So 
at that age, obviously, you're sacrificing. That's a young age to actually make a sacrifice on something that you love. And there's obviously other sacrifices that you have to make. I mean, you know, it's not that easy. I mean, obviously, you would have dedicated a lot of your early life to playing golf then from mm -hmm. 11 onwards. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of sacrifices you have to make, aren't there? Yeah, no doubt. And I think it takes, you know, a, a special mental makeup really in any sport, actually anything in general. I mean, you have to be fully committed, right? I mean, it's you can't just half-ass it on mm -hmm. and any and anything expect really good results so I was I was fully in tune with practice with my evolution of the golf game um, improvement since I was 10 11 12 years old and the culmination of 10 years of work I guess mm -hmm. has got me to the tour but it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen when you're just halfway committed so yeah. um, I knew that if I was going to be successful I needed to be entirely in tune with what I needed to do better and the amount of hours and the thing is that people forget is it's not necessarily just the hours it has to be really quality hours yeah and smart hours um, that I put into putting myself in a position you know whether I was on tour today or not yeah. I, I did basically everything I could to get here yeah being dropped at the golf club at eight o'clock in the morning and leave at eight o'clock at night doesn't mean that you're going to be a PGA tour player <laughs> correct because we all did that and yeah. we all turn out to be PGA tour players it, uh -huh. as you say it's the quality of what you do yeah when you're doing it I think I think the, the good thing that from just listening to that there, we talk about it to a lot of parents, to a lot of juniors about, you know, not just specializing in one sport from the get-go, so from a five-year-old. So mm -hmm. the fact that you played baseball, yeah. I think for us, is, is huge that, you know, you didn't get to 15, only having played golf for 10 years, and yeah. then you burnt out. You know, your body Correct. starts to break down, and obviously injuries, but also mentally fatigued and what have you. So I think it's really important to anyone listening to this, you know, to, to make sure you have a sport. And I think actually 11 or 12 years of age, we've spoken to a lot of experts and that's a really good mm. age then to maybe start specializing. Yeah, I didn't have that info. I just felt like that was you the right time. It. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe I got lucky. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it's, I mean, you're only going to get so good when you're eight, nine years old. Mm. You need to have some fun. I mean, there's so many great things that you can do. I think being well-rounded, like you said, is, yeah. is very important. And not to mention, you know, somebody that grows up being totally dedicated to baseball, they might pick up a golf club and fall in love with it like I did yeah. and not even know it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's cool to experience different things. Yeah. Um, like I said, I mean, I really, really enjoyed playing baseball. I just, mm. I liked golf a little bit more. Yeah. So um, at a young age, I would encourage anybody to play four or five different sports. Try them all, right? Why not? Absolutely. I mean, you're so young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, when it, when the time comes and you've decided, okay, this is the mm -hmm. one I want to do, you need to be all in for sure, yeah, if that's what you want to do at a professional level. And yeah. when when would you say? I mean, it's interesting. You talked about um, sort of the the weight of everything's all on you, the pressure's all on you, and mm -hmm. you you actually sort of wanted that and you enjoyed that. Where mm -hmm. other guys maybe you've may have shied away from that and, and may like the fact that they've got teammates to help them around it, and that right. sort of that says a lot about your mindset and your the way you think. Mm -hmm. When did you decide or when did you think, right, this is what I want to do, I want to be, I want to play for a living and this is this is where I'm going to go? What sort of age do you think that yeah, was? Probably, well, I mean, like pipe dream, probably, you know, yeah. right when I started getting passionate <laughs> about it, I was, you know, probably 11 or 12 years old, but I don't think it became like a, a reality that like I have what it takes to play out here yeah. really until I had some serious success in college. Because you'll see a ton of guys that are really good in college, and they go on and don't even make it to the PGA Tour. Yeah. So um, there's no guarantees in golf. There's guys that are mediocre in college that go on and have unbelievably successful careers. Mm -hmm. So I think once I 
had some serious success in college and in amateur golf and played some tournaments on uh, at the professional level and had had relative success, I, I knew that I was capable. Yeah. But at the same time, you still got to go earn it. There's mm. not one guy on the PGA Tour that didn't earn their way out there. Yeah. They don't just hand out PGA Tour cards. So mm-hmm. um, obviously I had a pretty decorated amateur career, but it still took me some time to get on the tour. Yes, that sort of having that, that success that sort of <clears> instills <throat> that belief that, okay, I can do it. I am good enough to sort of push on and, mm-hmm. and get to a, a better level, really. Yeah. Well, let's talk. Let's start on this on this career because I mean, you know, U.S. Open, seventeen years of age, was it? Leading at the at the cut mark. I mean, that was a pretty. I mean, is that how close is that course? Have you played? Have you played Olympic Club a lot? Have you played no, actually, a lot I, I haven't played it since then, and I haven't yeah. played it before. Oh so, wow! Okay, yeah. <laughs> maybe you should play there more. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was obviously an amazing experience. Obviously, playing that tournament and, and, mm-hmm. and doing so well. What What were you feeling? I mean, did you think that you could win it? I mean, were you? Yeah, it's funny. People ask me that, and yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why not? I mean, it's it's a golf tournament at the end of the day. Yeah, it's at the biggest stage you could pretty much play at, but mm. at the same time, I'm playing against the golf course. I'm not yeah. playing against Tiger Woods. I'm not playing against Webb Simpson, whoever ends up winning the tournament. It's just a, it's a matter of going and playing golf the best that you can and living with the result, right? Um, certainly, it's tough at that age to handle that kind of situation, particularly because I'd never been in it, but I felt great. Yeah. Certainly was nervous, but... I, I think people confuse nerves with playing poorly, and I don't yeah. think that's necessarily always the case. No. Um, just because you're nervous doesn't mean you play poor. Yeah. Um, I played great. I was nervous a lot of the time. I mean, it's just the reality. What a yeah. great mindset. What yeah. a great mindset. More excitement to spend. Yeah, I mean, you got to obviously learn. You learn how to control your nerves. Yeah. The first time you play nervous, you're going to be struggling. But mm. when you have more and more experiences in that, I mean, I'm saying nervous is nervous whether it's yeah. at the US Open or teeing off in front of 50 people at the club championship yeah you know what I mean yeah, yeah. absolutely it's the same sort of thing today, yeah isn't it really mm. so let's talk about the college you, you mentioned college briefly and, and how important that was and then we'll talk about uh, for the guys who, who don't know the, the injury that you went through mm-hmm. um, it was pretty famous in the NCAAs um, and how that impacted you um, and well how it's impacted you now really yeah. it'd be good to talk about that and what mm-hmm. you feel about that yeah, well, I'll tell you what, it was, it was a bummer when it happened. I mean, it was the day before I was about to turn pro. Uh, you know, I'd been working on sponsorship stuff, uh, tournament exemptions for months in advance to make sure that it was a seamless transition and I had everything dialed in so I could just go play golf. And we had done that successfully and then, you know, basically put the brakes on, dislocated my shoulder um, and was out. You know, I had, had surgery in Dallas and then was out for... Basically six or seven months, I mean, and truthfully, almost a year and a half until I was had all my speed back and everything like that. Yeah. So I was playing golf in five months, but it was not the way that I was playing before. Mm-hmm. I was slow. When I last I saw you guys, I was, you know, my swing looked fine, but I didn't have any speed. I mean, mm-hmm. I was when I hurt myself, I was swinging 113 miles an hour with the driver. And when I came back and played at Torrey Pines, it was like 105. Okay. And that's a big deal. Yeah. yeah obviously, yeah. I mean, that's 25, 30 yards off the tee. And that mm. was, um, it's tough. I mean, it's, you can only do so much speed training and strength training when you're literally trying to get back to actual health, yeah. right? So I had to get fully healthy and then I had to play. Yeah. So um, it was, it was certainly a transition. Fortunately now, kind of last off season I was able to really get my speed back and I'm back to where I need to be mm. um, it was a, it was yeah. a crazy injury wasn't it I mean you can watch it yeah. on YouTube I'll tell you what yeah. we've watched yeah. it on YouTube <laughs> yeah. and then you're in the bunker and did you put it at the bunker yeah I did to put it at the bunker it's funny you hear people like oh he's exaggerating I'm like 
unless you had seen the MRI, you could see that the whole back of my shoulder was basically torn off. Yeah, it, it was so, unbelievable. I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah we were going to do that. We knew we were going to do the film with you a couple of years ago. Yeah. So well, let's check out this. Let's check out this video. And it's, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why did you even bother carrying on? But yeah. that's a good question, I think. Why yeah. did you actually carry on? What was the well, I mean, situation? I went, to, to win? I, I went to school. <laughs> and yeah, I needed a win. Yeah. Um, I went to school and won a national championship, and we were in the semifinals. And I was losing my match, and I was not going to lose that match. So I played and won, and you know it helped us get to the final. Unfortunately, I couldn't play, and we had to like yeah. forfeit my match. But um, yeah, I mean, I had, there was a reason I went to school, and I wasn't just going to. I mean, my shoulder was already jacked up. Yeah, I knew that, so I was like, I might as well just finish it out. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was tough, but Quite I think I think I'm better for it. I mean, I, I certainly appreciate golf a lot more. Yeah. I hadn't. I hadn't had a really significant injury like that since I was 12 or 13 when I hurt my back and I had to take a couple months off, but there was no surgery or anything involved. So, yeah, I mean, it's funny, you take for granted the things that we're very fortunate to do. Mm. Um, and sometimes, you know, even still have to remind myself of that. Yeah, I remember when we saw you last time, you, that was something that you mentioned, you were like, you know, I really appreciate now, you know, that I get to play golf for a living and, yeah. you know, go to these nice places and do this. And yeah. You know, ultimately, that that should have an impact on the golf course in tournaments. If you're going there and thinking, oh, "Look, I'm really happy to be here and yeah. you know appreciate what I'm doing," then hopefully mm -hmm. that's going to come out in the performance as well. Yeah, yeah. I would think so. I mean, it, at least can make put you in a little better better mind frame, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you can appreciate what you can lose, can't you? I mean, so when you obviously just one last thing on the college golf before we get into, you know, the 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 pro um, <coughs> scene that you're on now, mm -hmm. so. In in college golf, you were you had a fantastic record, I and mean, obviously you were winning a lot. And but I always like to ask this question: rivals, because it's easy to have rivals. You know, you look at the mm -hmm. rivals that are on the pro game. You know, who was your rival when you were playing in college golf? Um, Did you have anyone in particular? No, not necessarily. I mean, I'd say the best other players were John Rahm and Maverick McNeely. Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't consider them rivals. I mean, I I just don't get into that stuff. I mostly just play the golf course. It just happened to be that those guys were kind of yeah, playing yeah, it well yeah, too. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, certainly I I enjoyed winning any tournament, but I'd say yeah, I probably enjoyed it a little bit more when they were playing. Yeah, yeah, good, absolutely. Brilliant. So, um, one season now, one full season on the was it your full season last year? First yeah, full season. first one. What would you say the difference is and the, the the step up in terms of um, college golf to the PGA Tour? How is that? How what have you noticed that's different? In his first season, full season uh, tour. There's a couple of things I noticed. If I played a college tournament and I played well, I was going to win the tournament. Hands down. Yeah. No doubt about it. And now you can go play well on the PGA Tour and finish sixth or seventh or yeah. something like that. There's just everybody out there is elite. And someone might play a little bit better. Um, and you know you better bring your best stuff every week if you want to be competitive. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, the depth of the field, I mean, every guy out there can win the tournament. In college, that wasn't necessarily the case. I mean, your your average college golfer was not going to win any college tournaments in his career. Mm -hmm. But you look at some guys on tour that, you know, you might not even think of as, like, high-level players necessarily, and they have three, four, five wins. You're like, wow, that's, that's unbelievable, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so you just, I think, in a way, it helps you because there's no doubt what you need to bring every week. Yeah. You know straight off that you need to have a really good yeah. week if you want to be in contention. You need to play, play some of your better golf to give yourself a chance to win. Yeah. And I think that's helped me. Um, you know, and it's it's easier to just focus on the process of playing a good round when, you know, 
it's not like there's only a couple guys in this tournament. There's a, you know, that, at that point you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to win the tournament. I'm just yeah. really focused on hitting quality golf shots, staying in the present, and having a good, good game plan. Yeah, and then whatever you get at the end is whatever you get. Exactly, the right. Is the result. Yeah. Though, isn't it? It's, it's definitely it's definitely going to condition you, isn't it? Though you know yeah. these golf course and the golf course is obviously probably <coughs> better condition and what have you and yeah. you know, but you you know you've got to bring it every week, so mm -hmm. you have that mindset all the time where you're actually fully focused yeah. as much as you can. I'm sure that focus can drop with the amount of travel you do, but mm -hmm. what what's the hardest thing about just for you as a person about being on PJ Tour? Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned the travel. I mean, that takes a lot out of you. People don't realize when you're on the road for four weeks in a row that you're pretty darn tired at mm -hmm. the end of that. You're not sleeping in your own bed. Um, most week, most mornings you're waking up pretty early and you got stuff to do basically all day, every day. So, yeah, I mean, that's difficult. Particularly, like you said, you're playing tough courses and you cannot get away with having mental lapses. Mm -hmm. It'll just bite you quickly. So uh, it's a matter of being as rested as you can I certainly learned that last year. If, if you're rested, you just make better decisions, you make better golf swings, stuff like that. So yeah. um, that's a key for me this year. I want to make sure that I'm not going to play any tournaments that I'm not fully mentally ready to play. Yeah. And it's and it, look, golf, we all know this. What, what is golf about? Golf is about being consistent. Mm -hmm. And as you say, when you're getting on a flight every week to a different part of the country, different yep. time zone, different bed, different food, different grass, you mm -hmm. know, different temperatures and things like that, it's, it's, it's extremely hard to do that. And I suppose it's something that has anyone out there <coughs> given you any advice on how to, to get around this? Have you got any guys on tour you can look up to and speak to? Yeah, definitely. But I think you can also just learn by watching, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you look at the best players in the world. They're playing probably 20 tournaments a year. Yeah, I played 29 last year, and a lot of that was my rookie year. I didn't really have. I, I wanted to experience a lot of them so that I yeah. could move forward and choose the ones that I liked the best. Yeah, but you know, moving forward, like I said, I won't be playing five, six, seven tournaments in a row, uh, particularly if I don't have an extended break before those. Mm. Um, like the West Coast, I'll probably play the whole West Coast, but I'm going to have had two months off to yeah. to really gain my energy and. Um, you know, it's it's amazing what you can learn literally just by watching. Like, you look at Tiger Woods. I mean, when he was playing at his highest level, the guy seemed like he never played. He only played the huge yeah. tournaments, right? Mm -hmm. But he came in every tournament, and he was ready to go. Yeah, He was never tired. He was yeah. never worn out. He'd show up to a major. I don't think he hardly ever played the week before a major. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he knows when he shows up to that tournament, those weeks in particular, you better be totally mentally sharp. Yeah. Because every little mistake... Um, it's just exaggerated so big on difficult yeah. golf courses and um, we're going back to like the difference between college and professional golf right is I've had some tournaments where I shoot 12 13 under par I'm like oh it's pretty good for four days yeah and good luck with your 30th place check yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just wild I mean yeah. you, you got to bring it every day mm -hmm. yeah um, and you know the key really in my opinion to having success on a four round stretch is you know, very rarely are you going to play four excellent rounds in a row, but if you can turn that mediocre round into something level or under par, yeah. it makes a huge difference. And that's where I hurt myself last year. Is that, And I normally don't do this. I'm normally good at managing those rounds and keeping them right at par, but I had some pretty high numbers, and I played three good rounds and one, yeah. one bad round, and there's your 40th place. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Turning that bad round then into a, you yeah. know, a, a still producing a score, and that's I think you, you mentioned Tiger, and that's what Tiger was so good at. Uh -huh. When his B game was there, yeah. he was still shooting three under. I mean, you'd watch the guy hit it 40 yards offline, and somehow it's like shoot 67. You're like, yeah. how the heck did that happen? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the key. I think that's what the elite, elite players do. 
Um, they can turn a bad round into something in the 60s or even just level par. Um, most tournaments, especially big tournaments, par's not going to kill you if you can have three other good rounds, but if yeah. you shoot, throw up a 75 or 76, you're in trouble. Yeah, definitely. Mm. You don't get to where you are as well, but with a lot of setbacks, a lot of things, you know, a lot of <coughs> failures, but we, we don't really sort of believe in failures because you're going to learn from everything. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite failure, let's say, that at the time you were like devastated or you were really tough, but when you look back now, you think, actually, that's been a a blessing that it's pushed me forward. Yeah, the best bogey I ever made in my life was the second to last hole of the US Open qualifier last year, or okay. two years ago. And the reason is because I missed it by a shot. And then I, because I missed the US Open, I went to Wichita for this web.com Monday qualifier, Yeah. made it, finished second, got my web card, and then I got my tour card. There you go. So had I made the US Open, unless I finished <laughs> in the top five, I wouldn't be on tour. There we go. <laughs> The best bogey ever. The best bogey ever. Yeah. I like it. At the time, it. though, I wasn't a happy camper. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, the drive home wasn't great yeah, yet. It's no. amazing how those things happen. Interesting, right? <laughs> it is. Brilliant. And so, obviously, you said that you've, you, the off season for you now is obviously very important. You get to take stock of where you're at. Mm -hmm. So, uh, two questions for me, really. What are your goals? So, mm -hmm. where do you see yourself over the next sort of 10 years? Mm -hmm. And what do you need to do to get you there? Yeah, so when you say the first part, I don't do that. I okay. exclusively do the second part. I just do process goals. Okay. Um, I know that if I stick to a process that, you know, I have a good team around me. We have a good plan of what I'm going to do. And if I can do that and I can do it wholeheartedly and every single day be fully committed to that, the, the results will take care of themselves. Yeah. Um, Love it. And in golf, you know, you're playing the golf course. Like I was saying earlier, I can't control what, John Rahm does on the golf mm. course. If he goes and shoots 62 and I shoot 63, I mean, mm. I'm not going to leave there upset. Yeah. Play great. Yeah. Um, as long as I did what was necessary to put myself in a position to be successful, yeah. that's all I can do. So, you know, your plan's going to change. Like this off season, I, I doubt I'll be working on the same thing as I am in August. Mm -hmm. But I have a good plan from today through basically January 15th before I tee it up again of exactly what I need to do to be totally ready to play when the season starts again. So um, if I can do that, if I can accomplish my process goals, I can easily live with the result. Yeah. And I know that you know, you're know you due good results when you do the right thing, mm -hmm. eventually. It might not be right away, but you know, karma's gonna catch up to you. Young enough, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got, exactly. a, few you got a few years ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I said, I mean, it's, it's here's the thing. When the competition's that stiff, it's tough to be totally results-based, I yeah. mean, it's not going to work, is it? I'm not playing against scrubs. These guys are good, mm. good players. They're going to, every given week of your 150 guys, there's going to be 15 guys that play really, really good. Yeah. And hopefully you're really good is a little bit better than theirs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But sometimes it's not going to be. Yeah. Great mindset. It, isn't it? Great it, really? mindset. I love it. Okay, we've got a few minutes left. We're going to go to some quick fire questions if we can then, Bo, yep. to finish off. Um, who's your biggest influence in golf? Hmm. Or being your biggest influence? Um, probably Jim Flick, growing up here at the Kingdom, working with him from the time I was 11 to 16 or 17. I mean, I, he was like a grandfather to me, but he was just, to have that kind of upbringing and kind of a, that was really the legitimate start to me playing yeah. full-time golf. And to have that kind of background, I mean, the experience that he has is just out of this world. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, for him to be personally invested in my life as well as my golf game was, was really special. And I think it's helped me to build a good foundation that now I can even build on and hopefully go on and do great things. Brilliant. Perfect. What would you have been if you hadn't been a golfer? 
And you can't say baseball. Yeah, not baseball. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have made it in baseball. I'm good at baseball, but I'm not elite at baseball. Um, I, I'm very interested in financial stuff. Okay. Uh, it's funny, we had dinner last night, and I was just talking about TaylorMade and the company and kind of how everything works and you know all the different numbers. What does it cost to get it on the shelf? What does the retailer get? All that stuff. That's That interests me for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I was in the business school at Texas. Uh, real estate interests me, so it'd probably be somewhere in that arena. Okay, I heard you speaking to Foxy about it last night, actually. Yeah, yeah you were getting well into it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Love it. <laughs> okay, uh, biggest strength? Uh, I'd say maturity. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> biggest weakness? Um, sometimes impatience. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, and it's tough. I mean, I think we all, I'm glad I can at least identify that, right, and be conscious of it. I think. You know, you get in trouble when you have a weakness, but you you try not to think about it or you try not mm-hmm. to address it. There we go. Perfect. Okay. Um, we also, as well on the podcast, with pretty much everyone we do the podcast with, we like to build an ultimate golfer. So this can be from people you've, uh, you've heard stories about or people mm-hmm. you've seen or people you've played with. So basically in the disciplines of driving, so who's the best driver you've seen or played with or, or you know? Iron player, short game, and let's go putting. So best driver. All right, if I can, yeah. Probably say Dustin Johnson. Yeah, he's pretty decent. Length of or combination of length and pretty darn accurate too. Yeah, iron play. Uh, it's tough to beat Stenson. Mm. He's pretty. He's <laughs> decent. I was like, oh my god, every ball he's hit is just a crisp. Thumper Stenson. We call him Thumper Stenson. Yeah, Stenson. Mickelson, I think undoubtedly on short game. I take myself as a putter, honestly, against most people. I like that. Jason Day is obviously a great putter. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I think I think I take myself. Nice. I feel pretty darn good on the greens. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I'm glad he's putting himself in there. That says a lot, basically. I love that. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I mean, you know, fantastic. I know Andy's got a one last question for you on a quote, but we it's been a pleasure doing this and seeing you develop over the last couple of years since we first met. Anyone we ever film with, we always look at what they do. Mm-hmm. And remember, we actually went to Torrey. You wouldn't have seen us. We were on the 18th when you, we watched you play the 18th mm-hmm. two years ago. I think that was your first event as well. Yeah, so it was. We, we, we came and we, we were gutted we only saw you play one hole but it was nice <coughs> to see you out there you were in the right hand side in the rough though it looked a bit yeah. thick there yeah. but you got it out <laughs> oh man Tory Price is no joke <laughs> but, but I think I think just from just from again us just talking here now we know that you you know we feel that you've got a, a massive future in this game and absolutely love your mindset the way you process things I think anyone listening to this and wants to be good at golf should just listen to what you've just said there. Yeah, thanks. Really yeah, I, think, I think when we saw you first time, that was something that we picked up on, your attitude and mm-hmm. how you thought, and you can hear it today, it's the same thing, and that will definitely, for us, it's one of the biggest things that, that people aren't necessarily aware of. So anybody listening to this, they can certainly yeah. take some pointers, certainly about the process stuff. I think that's just so key, focusing on what you can control as right. opposed to what you can't control. Right. It's almost like a test this, isn't it? You it just is, answer it? every yeah. question yeah. correctly. <laughs> <laughs> so to finish the podcast, we normally, we should have asked you at the start actually, but we normally finish with a quote. Do you have a favourite quote at all that you uh, that you hmm. live by or you, that you just like? Oh man. Put the pressure yeah, on. Yeah, we should yeah, have that's said a, this a, that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't, I don't do too many quotes, honestly. Um, Yeah, not necessarily. I mean, I honestly can't even think of any quotes directly that influence kind of what I do. But I think yeah. it's a key word though that you use a lot in process. I think that's, that's yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's yeah. That's, that's what I mean. I mean, that's important stuff. I just I don't know a specific quote or who would say it. But yeah. you know, I've heard so many people talk about, and, and not just in golf. I'm talking in life. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. can only control what you can control, right? 
And there it is. <laughs> yeah, he just said it. He just said it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I'll take credit for the quote. Yeah. I was the first person to ever say yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Quoting yeah. myself. Awesome. Brilliant. Both thanks for your time. Cool. Um, we're gonna do a video now actually. Yeah, so make sure you yeah. check out the impact show on YouTube very soon where we're gonna be actually watching in some balls Absolutely, yeah. Cool. Your time, though. Yeah, thanks my so pleasure. Much. Thank you so much for listening to the Me and My Golf podcast. We hope you enjoyed that and got some value from that. And if you did, then please share that episode with a friend. And if you can do us a real big favor and head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It really does help this podcast grow and reach more golfers. And our mission is to help as many golfers around the world as we can play some better golf. So it really would mean a lot to us. One question that we get asked a lot is, Andy Pierce, how can we get coaching from you? Well, now you can have myself and Pierce as your very own personal online golf coach. And we've created a, a platform that infuses our coaching experience and philosophy into a fantastic community that's packed full of weekly videos that will really help transform your golf. We've got coaching plans on specific areas in the game. We have a shot fixer section, which really enables you to fix your faults fast so you can see results immediately on the golf course. And we really want to build a, a tribe of golfers that are committed to playing the best golf of their lives. And like I say now, this is the closest thing that you're going to experience to get me and Pierce on the lesson tee with you. And we'd love to have you part of this fantastic community. So head over to meandmygolf.com and look, have a go. We have a 14-day free trial that you can take advantage of, see what it's like, and if it fits right for you, then fantastic. And we'll hope to see you there. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Me and My Golf podcast.